welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast. Real stories of those who went from feeling like they would never make it in the online space to creating way more money and freedom. I'm your host, Carrie Beach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a coach that helps female entrepreneurs build six and seven figure businesses through self-trust and confidence. I deeply desire more humans out in the world being of service. This season on the podcast, we are going deep into what it takes to build an income and an impact that you are proud of. And season six is through the lens of the male brain. Up until this point, it's been all females. So this is super different and super exciting to me. This conversation is unlike any other. We're gonna give you the tips, the tools, a whole lot of permission to do life and business your way. So come join us for season six of the show where we'll talk all things you need to know to grow your own profitable online business. Hey guys, my name is Kyle Stanley. I am the host of the Fearless Investor podcast and I run an Airbnb business and an Airbnb education business all done from online and I'm excited to talk to you about my journey today. Yay. Thanks for being here, Kyle. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Carrie. I'm excited to, even though we're on other ends of the world, making this thing work. Totally. Technology at its finest. So let's talk about perfectionism and how this has showed up in your business and maybe some of the places that it held you back or what came up as you were navigating that in your business. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone who's an entrepreneur and has like, you know, their thing, it's their baby and they want it to be perfect. Right. But honestly, like for me, when it comes to perfectionism, I have found that like when, when I'm going to do something, I just need to do it and then I can make it perfect later. And that took a while though. I mean, like in the beginning, so my very first business I ever owned, which really was not very successful, we just wanted to be the perfect service to everyone. And it held us back because we spread ourselves so thin that we were like trying to be everything to everyone. And in our minds, that was perfect. But really at the end of the day, perfect to me is like just delivering an amazing product, an amazing service that helps someone. And if you don't have the solution to being there, everything, at least have the resources and the people to be able to, to, refer them to. And, and so if I go back and I, and I really look at like when perfectionism hurt me the most, it was my very first business. And the way that I would just go back and redo it is say, stop trying to be everything to everyone. Um, there's no such thing as that. Like it's not possible to even be perfect for everyone. And honestly, like just surround yourself with amazing people within the industry that you can refer that stuff out to, or that will help you to be able to get past this fear of having to be perfect so that you stop holding yourself back from ever taking any action. Mm. And I think it's honestly an interesting conversation, almost the difference between how males and females approach perfectionism and like how that shows up. Because as you were talking, I was like, I think a lot of, and this is a broad generalization, but I think a lot of females with the perfectionism, it's more the fear of judgment. Mm, interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. as it relates to the online space, because people can be really kind and they can also be really cruel when they don't know you. Yeah. You know, 
I will say earlier in my life, yeah, that was definitely something. One of the things in the online world, like I was a sports anchor right out of college. And so like you had to get over really quickly your, the sound of your voice, the way you look on camera, like all these things. And so you just had to get used to it. And, you know, I was like, wait, I sound really nasally and like all this stuff. And so I kind of just got used to like being my own worst critic. And I didn't think anyone else was going to judge me harsher than, than I was judging myself. So I might as well just realize that and say, you know what, if someone's judging me, that's, that's okay. Cause I'm probably judging myself even harsher. Well, and I think that is true for most people, right? We are our worst critic. And so when we can take that standpoint, I think it frees you up to then show up and help the people that you deeply desire to help. Because when we return yeah. to it, that's the reason we all have businesses. Like we want to help people. Yeah, right. It's, and it, it's really cool when you finally like find out you've got something that can actually help someone, you know? And I think that's what sales is, right? You know, when we always, if we're actually good at sales, it's because we actually believe in the product or the service that we're delivering. And in the past, I've had a lot of things where I'm like, yeah, I kind of believe in it or yeah, this is pretty good, but it's not something that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And so in order to get to that, I, I think that that was like the number one thing, honestly, for me, Carrie, is when I finally had like a product or a slash a service that I really could help someone, those things of like ideas of judgment or trying to be perfect or anything like that really like were trumped by just knowing that what I have, I truly believe in. Mm. And to me, it sounds like when you had a bigger vision and tapping into that, like why, so to speak, that was bigger than worrying about being perfect, it seems like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you don't have a why, you don't have a reason, which means you don't have a business. And, and so like to me, I've learned the seven layers of why. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I don't think I am. Yeah, that one really changed my life and and I and I use it a lot with people. Okay. Seven layers of why is literally like what do you want and then ask yourself why seven different times. So, hey, I want oh, financial yeah. freedom. Okay, why do you want financial freedom? Because I want to stress less about my finances. Okay, why do you want to stress less about your finances? Because I want to be more present with my family. Why do you want to be more present with your family? And you literally ask that seven different times where you get down to like holy cow, we're so deep in this that like, if this doesn't motivate me, nothing will. Mm, that's super helpful. And then I think you can't like run from yourself or from what you're actually trying to do. You're like, okay, I've gotten to the root of what's actually here. Yeah. And I think writing it out, you know, putting it, uh, whether it's a dream board or putting it, you know, on your mirror or stuff like that is really good. But I also think, you know, there's some studies too, not to get off topic here, but there's studies too, where it's like, you know, you need to have that goal with someone that is not going to support you in a way of like, go you, I'm proud of you. But like, Hey, how are you going to take the first and second and third step to actually getting this? Like someone that is actually holding you accountable as well as supporting you. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately all of us can get really honest. Like if we are so tapped into what we do and when sales come naturally and it's easy to show up, we will still show up on those really hard days. You know, it's not like we will show up perfectly because of course we won't. Yeah. But the truth is, is like you have to be able to tap into that vision of who you're helping, why you're helping, why you're doing it or what the motivation is. For some people, you know, just helping someone isn't enough. And right. that's also okay, but you have to figure out what motivates you. Yeah, you, you really do. I mean, you know, 
I think a lot of people get into online businesses because they want to help. And then a lot of people get into online businesses because they just know that like what they are doing is something that everyone needs to know about. And that is a different version of helping. But like, for me, it might be completely different than for you, Carrie. Like for me, one-on-one coaching is not exactly something that like I'm super excited about. But if I can get my vision out and my my product and my service out to thousands, like that really excites me. And so that's where it's you gotta know what what is the the bigger picture for you where you actually feel like, okay, it's gonna I'm gonna wake up today motivated because I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So what's a piece of advice that you'd either give to like former you or somebody that's still kind of in the spiraling of perfectionism and can't find their way out? So I would say in regards to the perfectionism part, this relates to both my former self and perfectionism, Kyle, but it's just get a mentor, someone Mm -hmm. that's going to just get you out of that mindset of like, you have to be perfect or just getting me to like when I started my own business for the first time at the age of 24, I just had no idea what I was doing. And I thought that, you know, I could build this business and it was just, I had a great product and great service that I believed in. And for that was going to carry me to the top. And that's just not the way the business works. Like you have to have a plan. You have to have marketing. You have to have teammates. You have to have employees. You have to have all these different things. And I just didn't know that. But I also was really stuck with, again, trying to be everything to everyone, which in my mind was the version of perfect that I thought I needed to be. So that for sure. And really just like trying to say no to all of the distractions, uh, Mm. the shiny objects, you know, that was really the big thing that I would go back and say, like, just laser focus on this until you master it, until you automate it, and then until it's allowed to scale without you being there then you can focus on those other things. Mm. So is that what you did? Got a mentor and were able to kind of get out of it? I would say the first mentor, true, true like mentor came when I was just getting into real estate and into Airbnb. And that was eight years after my first failed business. So I had people within businesses after that, that were, you know, directly tied to me. And, you know, if I succeeded, they succeeded. So I feel like in a way, those were definitely mentors. However, when you talk about mentorship, I'm talking about like someone that is not tied to your success. Cause if they're not, if, if they don't benefit from your success, then they can be completely unbiased and they can give mm. you the best advice. Whereas like someone who is tied to my success might be a little bit more worrisome about like, oh, I don't want to hurt Kyle's feelings mm. because I don't want him to run away from me. And then suddenly I've lost someone that was in my business. And to me, like that was where it was the first true mentor in my life. His name is John came around in 2019 when I started in real estate And literally, he just said, I'll show you the ropes of this. He didn't ask for money, didn't ask for anything except for just me to do what I, what he told me to do. And today he still is a huge mentor of mine. And because of that, because of that mindset that he had, like I brought him deals that he would have never had and and we've done deals together and we've, I've found ways to like add value back to him because I feel in debt to him because he's been one of the biggest mentors in my life. I love that. And that's such a good perspective shift to be like, okay, somebody that is completely objective and not tied to like, let's say the monetary pieces of your business. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and that's the thing is like, I, I was a part of a multi-level marketing company and 
I'm not going to bash on that at all, but I would say like that is where it really, you know, there was those gray lines where it's like, you know, hey, this is my mentor, but also would they still be wanting to help me if they weren't making money off of me? And I know my answer, like, so I'm not like bringing out anything bad. Like my answer would be probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have helped as many people if I wasn't, you know, gaining from them as someone who was going to help me to build my business. I would have helped them. I just wouldn't have helped them at the level that I did. And so to me, like, that's when you know you have something good is when you want to help someone so much with this this thing or this idea that you have because you just feel like wow their life would be so much better with this and now i and and that's the fun thing now is like i get to help people very very close to me my my best friend and then one of my other really good friends in arizona they're trying to get into airbnb and real estate and like i'm helping them to do that because i just love what I'm doing. And I, I love like the fact that I can help them without having to worry about like, am I going to gain from this financially? Because that's now what was taught to me. And when I found like an abundance mindset of teaching someone without asking for anything in return comes back tenfold versus like trying to gain from someone short term right away. As soon as I grabbed a hold of that, that's when I was like, okay, this is, this is the way that I should have been doing business for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so my name is uh, Martin. I'm from France uh, originally, but uh, I've been traveling pretty much all my life. I live in Bali now. I've been here for the last five years, thanks to the businesses that I was able to create online. So I have um, a bunch of businesses, but mainly my main business is working with big clothing brands in France and providing them leads. So basically, I'm an affiliate for, for a lot of brands. So that allows me to travel, and I decided to, you know, come and live here in Bali for the last five years. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Martin. Excited to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's start talking about perfectionism and mm -hmm. how that has or used to show up in your business and maybe how that held you back from making money. Well, here's the thing. The, the perfectionism is something that slowed my business and the growth of my business because for whatever reason, I thought there was like the perfect thing doesn't exist if you ask me today. So trying to get the, the next course or the next tool or the next email that you need to write and stuff is just only delaying the, the process. And I, I, I was a, pretty much a victim of that because my, naturally I'm, I'm uh, prone to examining every single outcome and possibility and try to find a, like a solution for it before I implement anything. And it did slow me down a lot. But there's one thing that actually, one event that actually pushed me to kind of like change stuff. You know, I, I wanted to develop a, uh, a tool for my business and I spent three months writing the specs for the developers. You know, okay, so the tool needs to do this and do that and do this. Oh, but what if this, what if that? And I have a buddy of mine, an entrepreneur as well, but we're very different. And he's uh, is into action, right? So I went to him and I, because I needed advice. And I said, hey, can you help me out with this thing? This is what I have so far. And said, hey, let's test it out. And in five minutes, we tested <laughs> the hypothesis, honestly, that I've been working on for like three months, you know, trying to figure out what could happen. We just went in and tested it. And mm -hmm. From that point on, I decided that, you know, I have to kind of like combat my natural instincts of trying everything because the mm -hmm. field is going to tell you a lot more than uh, you planning and trying to do something perfect. 
And now my, the main thing that I, that I always tell myself is done is better than perfect. Because as long as you're postponing it, it means you're not out there on the market. You always have time to refine it afterwards, but you need to be out there. You know, the first, ah, the first version is not going to be the best, but you'll be surprised how quickly you can actually make those changes and make it better. So yeah, it did slow me down in a lot of projects, you know, retrospectively, but now I'm, I'm, I'm just going for it. If I have an idea, I just go for it, I test it. And then, so you, what you need to do is, you know, like a, people call it like a minimum viable product, right? You don't need all mm-hmm. the features or something. You go out and you test if that hypothesis that you have, you know, people seem to be interested. And then from there, you can go after it from there. Yeah. Well, what I love about that in terms of your buddy, like helping you with that is also just how that objective perspective can be so helpful of like, he mm-hmm. also didn't have the same charge around it because it's not his business and his product. And so he could just be like, Hey man, let's do this. Right. Where I think sometimes because it's our baby, we're also mm-hmm. more prone to those perfectionist tendencies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the, the thing is very often we fall in love with our idea and our little baby. So now I've, I've became, I became more uh, straightforward. I have an idea. It sounds really sexy. I go out, I test it. If it doesn't work, then ah, you know what? And I move on to the next or something like this, you know. But uh, yeah, there's this emotional. So you need to have a little bit of emotional detachment of you know going out there, test it quickly, and then if it doesn't work out, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's never going to work. It's just you didn't figure out the the right way for now, uh, right? So mm-hmm. I have things like this that happen to me. And then years later, I got additional information or like the missing piece I didn't have ages ago. And I went back to previous projects and was able to make them work because now, you know, somehow I'd, I had more, you know, more stuff. So uh, that, that's what I would recommend. Since I started doing that, to be honest, you know, things have picked up like really, really fast. Mm, yeah. And I always like to say that, you know, action brings clarity, not the other way around. Like we Mm -hmm. think we have to be a hundred percent clear on something first, but it's in the doing that we find those missing pieces, so to speak, that you spoke about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you will find inconsistencies in the doing because when it's on paper, you don't see that, oh gee, what happens now? You know? And then when you're doing it like, oh yeah, wait, doesn't make sense. You know? So I mean, the, the progress is going to be like 100 times faster if you just go out and, and you know, do it. Don't try to have the full-blown machine. Just try like, the, the idea very quickly and then, uh, and then go for it. And you'll see, I mean, it, makes, it will make wonders. And I'm saying that not because I'm naturally prone to that kind of behavior. I have to I actually fight my instincts to do yeah. this, but I, I actually reap the rewards of that. Mm. So is that the piece of advice you'd give to someone if somebody's like really stuck in their perfectionism to either maybe it is like have a friend or a mentor or somebody kind of come help you with it and then also just to, to start moving? Yeah, that's it's actually, uh, you know, it's, just, it's good that we have this conversation because that's not a, an advice that I actually, I went through it, but I, I never advise people to do this. I'll, I'll, I'll say you might have some friends who are very like, you know, down to earth and straightforward. Find one of those people, right? Mm-hmm. You probably have one of those, go to those people and, uh, and they, will, they will basically try to get you to get some action now. So that will really help. And also, yeah, there is, you, you need to find a balance, right? So there is too little information and there's too much information, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a point where you have enough information 
to go out and test it. And additional information is only going to confuse you. All right. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of like identify this because, you know, uh, otherwise, oh, what about this? What about that? So you start researching and then it you know, branches out to something else, you know? So uh, yeah, try to identify that middle ground where you have enough information to go and test it and, uh, and going out. But yeah, finding a, a friend that's down to earth, do that. They will help you. <laughs> yeah, I love that advice. So has it shifted everything for you now that it's so much easier to just get into action versus like overthinking and perfectionism? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you can't even imagine how many things I do now. I, because, you know, the way my business is set up is I, I don't actually have any operational involvement. I don't have anything to do, you know. So now I have all the time to just go and test stuff. And I just test stuff. I, right now I'm in a phase where I'm hiring developers left and right. I have this idea. I talk to a developer. So we go by phases, right? So before what I used to do was let's create this huge platform. Right now, I just, I just go to the developer. I say, hey, let's go. Let's test phase one. If phase one's good, then we move to phase two and stuff. Even though I've already started planning a little bit what it could be, I just go with the, the, like the, the minimum product and then, uh, and then let's go. So I do, this for, I do this for everything. And well, it just, it really works for me. And there is, um, you know, on the same kind of like topic, uh, there is a, if you think about it, there is a book, I think it's called The Art of the Start or something. I think this, this is something that will help because the hardest thing is you're looking at the whole picture of you want the complete product or service or something done when the only thing you should focus on is just start, right? It's just a car will use a lot of gas when it starts. When it's rolling, it's fine. And it's the same thing for us. You want to go running at 5 a.m., you will moan and moan and moan. But once you're there, you keep running, you know? So yeah, now I just focus on starting and then, uh, and then yeah, that, that's how it works. I love that. That's good. I'm Trevor Oldham. I'm based out of Massachusetts in the United States. So for the, for the global listeners of your show, and, and I run a business called Podcasting You, have been running it for about four years now. And, and basically what the business does is we go out there and we help people to get booked on podcasts that grow their influence and grow their income. And, and especially with the podcast taking podcast space taking off over the last couple of years, been been a good business. And, and really that's what I do in day in, day out. I help people get booked on podcasts and, and help them share their story. Love it. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So talk to us about how perfectionism has or maybe continues to show up in your business and how that has kind of changed over time, maybe as you've done your business longer. I think in the beginning when I was starting my business and I was thinking about trying to grow my business because in the beginning, it was just a one-man band. I was doing everything on my own. And I and my thoughts always were no one can do as good as a job as me. I always thought I was perfect that I'm I'm going to be the only one to do it and that was the that was probably the biggest hurdle for me in my business when it came to growing the business because I again I thought that I was the only one that could take sales calls. I was the only one that could pitch clients. I was the only one that could put, do social media posts. You know, that was my mindset and I was always worried and, and afraid of going out there and hiring additional people because I didn't think that they would do as good as job as me. And really the way that I was overcome it is I hired my first employee and I was just like, you know what? At the end of the day, if she does an absolutely terrible job, that that's what happens. But on the bright side, if she does do a phenomenal job, then it's going to work out. And what I realized is that 
the people that at least that hire in my business, they sometimes know more than me about the podcasting mm -hmm. space and, and they even do a better job than me when it comes to helping the clients and, and pitching the clients. And I realized that I don't have to be perfect in my business. I can focus on the things that I can enjoy and then the, the team can go out there and pitch clients. And it's okay that if they make mistakes, occasionally there may be an error that comes up. They pitch a client to a show that doesn't have any um, guests on it or they pitch a client to a show that's only female guests or only male guests. And, you know, I, problems like that come up occasionally. And I realized that it's okay to not be perfect, that mistakes are going to happen in business. And I realized that was just a big thing for me was realizing that everything's not going to be perfect. If I take on a client and for whatever reason, we can't get them booked on shows and we have to refund their money, you know, at least at the end of the day, I gave them my all. I did as much as I could for them. And again, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, things are going to happen in business. And once I realized that business is perfect and I can just sort of relax and release and, and understand that I'll continue, I can continue to run it. But again, mistakes are going to happen. Not everything has to be perfect. And then that's just that mindset just really helped me and, and allows me to deal with things like if a business event does happen and I have to encounter it, I can understand that, okay. You know, this is just part of the business. It's not going to be perfect. And I always like to say, if it was perfect, I would say uh, everyone would be doing it. Mm, I love that. And that's such a good mindset to adopt in terms of how to work through it quickly, so to speak, of like almost just be like, okay, I'm going to hire someone and we're going to figure it out as we go. And as you were talking, I don't know if you talk in, in this way, but what kept coming up for me is this whole notion of self-trust. And like, mm -hmm. you had to trust yourself enough to go, okay, well, if it doesn't go exactly how I wanted it to, or things don't work out with this employee, like I trust myself enough to kind of clean it up and sort out what we need to do to make it right. And it's going to be okay. Exactly. Exactly. And I find that whatever I think is going to be the worst case scenario at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to overcome it no matter really what it is. And I can look back and in all my life and even business experience, what seemed really bad in that day, when you look back on it a year, three years from now, it's really not as bad. And I realized that that really just helps me in my business. Because again, when I encounter bad things and I realize, okay, just deal with it today, next week, I won't even be thinking about it anymore. And just being able to overcome it in that sense. Yeah. So did you have a mentor or how did you kind of adopt this mindset along the way in terms of overcoming this perfectionism piece? So at first I did not have a mentor, a coach or, or anything along those lines. It wasn't actually until really what helped me was this past summer as I actually went out and in about three and a half years into my business, I finally hired a coach and, and he really pushed me to basically not pitch clients, not do the social media posts, not do the the email lists that we send out, just have me focus on taking sales calls and, and doing podcast interviews. And he really pushed me to do all this delegation and to understand that I have to I have to train these people that mistakes are going to happen. But when you look at your employees six months down the road, they're going to be in a much better shape. And I can't just get angry with them because they messed up a month into the role and, and realize that they're not perfect either. And, and really having that coach pretty much probably since July, I believe I've been working with him and having him push me was what really helped me. Mm, that's good. And outside perspective, right, is what I find <laughs> yeah. is so helpful of coaching because we're just in our own brains all mm -hmm. day long. And like, we just take things as fact. And then somebody comes along and they're like, wait a minute, 
do you realize this is how you're seeing it? And you're like, oh, okay. There is a different way. And it just helps to be able to see things differently. Oh, it most certainly does. And I can't tell you how many times I've had an idea and then I bring it to a coaching session with him and I share it and he's like, and he points all the holes in it. Why, what something could go wrong or vice versa. When I say I don't want to do something and he points me in the direction of everything that could go right. If I just push myself through my comfort zone and I find that little extra nudge or Mm -hmm. that little, just a second opinion on what I'm trying to do is just so helpful. Yeah. So that's huge. And then I'm still curious about how you in the beginning were able to just kind of go, I'm going to throw myself into the fire, so to speak, and hire an employee before I'm ready. And this is how I'm going to do this. Like, what do you feel like motivated that? Or were you just at your kind of edge of like, I have no time. I know I need help and I'll just do it. Yeah. Basically that's basically as you described (laughs) it. I was, I was taking on clients and and to be honest, I don't really enjoy pitching clients. I enjoy working with them, but I don't necessarily enjoy that process. I At this point, I've been doing it for a year. I knew how to pitch clients. I knew how to get them booked on shows, but I didn't want to be doing it forever. You know, it, it's very time intensive and it's not something I necessarily want to be doing sitting down for four or five hours at a time writing pitches. And for me, it was like, I'm not enjoying my business, but I know that the business is providing a good value. It's providing a good service and and people are buying it. And it's also the first business I've started that's been pretty successful. I started a couple prior to that that never really did too much. So all of that combined, I was like, I got to figure out a way to make this successful and to make it work for me. And that's where that first employee came. And then I was like, wait a second, I can offload the clients onto her and she, and she can take on all the pitching. And then, and then I realized I could continue to take on more clients and then hire an additional employee after her. And I was like, wow, I, I don't really have to manage clients outside of like the, you know, the day-to-day or, or items that come up. And it's been, it's been so much more enjoyable um, from having that employee. And I'm glad I made that jump because it was scary. You know, no one teaches you leadership when you're going through, you know, high school and, and college into the real world. You know, I'm more of a natural introvert. So trying to to lead a team was not something that ever came natural to me. So it was more just mm-hmm. something just putting myself out there than now, you know, looking back for, you know, three years ago, hiring the first employee, just realizing how far I've been able to come. But again, it just started from making that first step and just putting myself out there getting uncomfortable with having an employee depending on them and, and then realizing that, yes, you know, this is a, another person I can trust them and, and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, what I love about that, which I think all of us can usually do a better job at is really, but it sounds like you're doing an amazing job at right now is staying in your strengths and delegating everything that you're not good at and just allowing that to be okay. I think sometimes, well, oftentimes it's our pride and ego that gets in the way and we want to like be good at everything or do everything. And it's like, there are people out there that love to do the things Mm -hmm. that you hate. And when we can view it through that lens, it just gets to be more fun. And it's like, we all started businesses to use our strengths anyways, and to do the things that we want to do. So why not? And there's, there's times in the day where I know my strengths are sales calls and, and handling podcast interviews. And then some days I may only have an hour or two worth of work. And I have to remind myself that these are my strengths. I'm, I'm not going to just take take up a client and start pitching them just because I have this extra free time in my day. And I kind of have to mm-hmm. throw myself in. Like a lot of the times I want to send an invoice to a client, but we have a client relations manager who does that. So sometimes I want to do that. I'm like, no, you know, take a step back. She's going to be able to handle that. I don't have to do that. This is, this is her role. I don't want to overstep her boundary and, and what she does for our company. And it's just always a constant reminder. And honestly, what I do 
at the start of every week, I just write what I write down my roles as a CEO of the company. And I always review them every day. And I just remind mm -hmm. myself, all right, am I taking these action items today? If, if let's say there's one day where I don't know I, I start researching shows for a client, which is typically what our team does. I realize like that's not the best value of my time. My time is best spent on this area. And it really just allows me to to rope myself in and, and to remind myself that we have a team in place. They can they can take care of it. I don't I don't have to do everything because again, they're there for a reason. And it takes some just like reworking, like you said, especially when it's stuff you've you've done before, right? But that's mm -hmm. the whole thing of building a business. And then you have to kind of unlearn those things and go, oh yeah, I hired this person for this. But it feels really uncomfortable sometimes because we're like, oh, I should be doing more or I could be doing more or whatever the you know internal struggles are. And that, that happens all the time. So actually what I did, so because I have free time in my business, I just started like a blog as a passion project just to like, just to keep my mind busy, never to like, to make money off. You know, I like personal finance. So I just like write ideas that I have in my head. And then that keeps me busy for a couple hours because I, especially being in Massachusetts, like I love golfing, but during the winter months, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cold. So I cannot be outside. So I'm sort of forced to be inside, but I don't want to just sit there and watch Netflix. So I, I want to be productive, but without overstepping my boundaries. So by me taking on this like additional side project keeps my mind fresh, keeps me busy. And I find that that also was able to help me. Mm, that's really great. And I think that's a helpful tip for anyone that operates the same way. That's tempted to like, you know, go meddle in things that you don't need <laughs> to be meddling in. Like, yeah, create a hobby, do something different on the side. Mm, exactly. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. It is such an honor to be in your ears every single week. Make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. Will you also do me a quick favor and go leave us a review and rating? This will help more people to easily find this free show. If you'd like to talk about the number one mindset shift that you can make in your unique business to start making more money and impact... I would love nothing more than to help you. So go head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com and book a free 30-minute discovery call. I would love to get some fresh eyes on your business and talk about how you can start making more money and an impact right now. So thanks again for being here and cannot wait to see you next week.